0: What's going on? Go church, are we good today? Are you ready for the word? Come on, are you ready for the word today? Hey, my name is Pastor Ben. I'm one of the associate pastors on staff. I wanna give a, just a special shout out to all of those who are watching online. And then maybe you don't know this, but we're one church in two locations. And uh, I wanna give a shout out to our Germantown, Maryland family. Come on, can you let them know how much you love them? Love you guys, love the staff doing incredible things there. And uh, man, it is really, really is a joy to get to share just the word in in a house that has had nothing but incredible preachers in it, from Pastor Alan all the way to Pastors JC and Kimberly Worley. In fact, if you love your pastors, can you let him know today? I know he's watching online. <laughs> love you, sir. Just an incredible honor, but uh, I, I don't want to go... Uh, any further into the gathering without honoring another special group of people and that's the brave men and women of our military and our first responders. Every week we honor you. Can you give it up for them? Their sacrifice, their hard work. I get to do what I'm doing today because of all that they've put into it. And uh, it's an honor today to kind of wrap up our uh, Get in the Game series. I've loved it. I've loved to learn about all the different ways we could kind of jump in and get involved in our spiritual walk and our journey. And today I had the honor and the privilege to get to talk about serving serving today. I think it's one of the most critical, most important parts uh, in all that we do. And uh, it's such a privilege to share my heart today. And that's what I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask today that the Lord would give me the wisdom, uh, the insight to share just my honest uh, heart and, and feelings on what it means for a believer to really get in the game and to serve and make a difference. In fact, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna pray for you and I want you to take a moment and pray for me. Can we do that? Can we do that together? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, everyone under the sound of my voice today, I pray that you would open their ears and their minds and their hearts to exactly what you've put in my heart, Holy Spirit, to all the things that you've put in your word today. And Lord, whatever happens today, I pray that you would get the honor and the glory and the credit and all God's people said, amen, 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 amen. Um, You could say a lot of things about serving, I think uh, one of the simplest ways, I think there's really two parties that get changed when it comes to serving, okay? The two parties are, z- are this, the server and the served, okay? When, when you're the one doing the serving, I think that it opens your eyes to the needs of those things around you and the people around you, but I also think that it just opens you up to another part of the heart of Jesus, Jesus has to be like the greatest example of being a servant uh, out there. In fact, even even business leaders use Jesus as example of servant leadership, even ones that aren't faith filled, to talk about what a what a top tier servant leader really is. And I believe that all of us are called to take some sort of next step. And I think that serving. Serving is undoubtedly one of them. And it's such a privilege and honor to get to serve other people. We say that often. But I think there's also this party of of being served. Man, there's something... There's something special, I think, about being served. In fact, uh, Valentine's Day is tomorrow. And no doubt, some of the moms in the room, some of the wives in the room, you're going to get like breakfast in bed. Your husband's going to attempt to make some like heart-shaped pancakes that are going to look like a football because that's really what's on his mind early in the morning. The fact that the Rams lost and the Bengals won. And I think, I think being served is, is just, it's, it, it feels good, right? It feels good. Have you ever walked into a place and realized that they were prepared for you? Like in every way, shape, or form. Uh, we went last year on our ninth wedding anniversary. We're coming up on 10 years. Come on, man. A decade. And uh, my wife and I decided to try out Knife and Stone, which is a restaurant here in town. Uh, Germantown, if, and those watching online, think... Uh, Old building, cafe, big open windows, intimate kind of setting. Just a really incredible restaurant. And if you're here in our South Metro Atlanta area, that's a shameless plug for a solid good place to eat. Uh, It ain't cheap, but it's good. And... uh, I'll never forget, kind of going in, we were excited, we kind of showed up, and I've eaten at a lot of restaurants before, and uh, I think service has to be one of the hardest industries to work in, uh, and one of the most important when it comes to an overall experience, and so we came in the door, and I'll never forget, I said, hi, uh, how are you? She said, hi, do you have a reservation? Because you had to have a reservation, and... um, I said, yes, it's Warwick party of two. And the hostess, she wasn't near the hostess stand. She didn't have anything in her hand. She said, oh yes, Warwick, 730. I've got your seat right over here. And like you, it felt good when you came in the room and like they, she didn't need to look at the list. She knew my time. She knew what table she had already put me at. And so, you know, like you, as a husband, when you make a reservation, first of all, you feel like a champion. Number two, when you come in the in the room and they like know you, I'm, I, it's like, I look over at Emily like, yeah, yeah, they, they daddy got a good table boy they got a good table over there and you you you're on such a high you sit down you're like we're ordering appetizers don't even worry about it it's on me as if it was going to be on anybody else other than me um but you know, like, it feels good when people are, like, prepared for you. And on the contrary, if you walked into McDonald's today, the trash would be overflowing. Somebody would be arguing at the fry machine. And there would be no doubt in my mind the milkshake machine would be broken, for real. It ain't it never, it's, ne- it's as if they, they're they're. I I love it at this restaurant. I've gone to several restaurants and and somebody's been like, I'm sorry, uh, man, it's real busy. And it's like 12 o'clock. I'm like, yeah, it's lunch. It happens the same time every day. Like, of course it's going to be busy, you know. And there's something about walking into a place that um, people are prepared for you. And serving others, I think, is a really big part of this house. It's a really big part of what it means to be a believer. Uh, And one of the questions that I ask often in MoveTrack is, hey, what's the reason why you're here? Like, why do you want to take your next step with Go Church? Why do you love Go Church so much you want to make this next step? And you usually get one of two responses, and they're awesome. The first one is this, the diversity in the room. People love the diversity in the room. Uh, Then the other thing is this. Man, I felt loved or I love the way that I feel when I come in. I just feel empowered. I feel encouraged. I feel like this is the spot. Man, and I'm telling you, I want to give a shout out to everybody from the safety team in the parking lot all the way down to the people checking out kids. Can we give them a round of applause? You're making people's experience. I think if we're going to look at serving today, we've got to look at Jesus. And uh, so I want to share with you some examples on the characteristics of a kingdom servant. Okay. We're going to look at true characteristics of a kingdom servant if you're taking notes today. And uh, I want to start by reading quite a bit of scripture. I love the word. Today we're going to read a bunch of the word. Can I get an amen for somebody? So turn with me to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. We're going to pick up in verse 31. Uh, I love this story. It's probably familiar to several of you, but it says, But when the Son of Man comes in his glory, this is Jesus speaking to the crowd, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. And all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them from one another, just as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. Naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer to him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty or give you something to drink? And when did we see you as a stranger and invite you in or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or even in prison and come to you? Verse 40. And the king will answer and say to them, truly, I say unto you, the extent that you did this for one of the least of these brothers or sisters in mine, you did it for me. Then he'll also say to those on his left, depart from me, you are are, a uh, cursed people into the eternal fire which has been prepared for you for the devil and his angels for i was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat i was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink i was a stranger and you did not invite me in naked and you did not clothe me sick and, and in prison and you did not visit me then they themselves also will answer, Lord, when, wait a minute, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or as a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? And then he'll answer them, truly I say to you, the extent that you did not do it for one of the least of these, you did not do it for me either. Then these will go away in eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal punishment. Life, righteous into eternal life. I want to talk about the the true characteristics of a kingdom servant. Let's start with this one. If you're going to be a kingdom servant, you have to have the right awareness. You have the right awareness. Uh, This story uh, is unique. Jesus says, Hey, everyone's going to be divided right and left. There's sheep and there's goats. The sheep are those who are doing the will of God. And the sheep are those who are showing kindness and going out of the way to be hospitable. And then the goats are basically everybody who's rude. How many of you got a goat in your life? Like you know somebody who's a goat. Don't look right or left. Just look right here. Look this way. Man, there's there's the goats. There's sitting them on the right and left. And that matters because the right is this symbol of authority, this symbol of importance. People who, who he's saying, those who serve and are kind and are, are the right example of their faith, they're going to be honored in heaven. And those who don't and don't commit to God and don't commit to the care of other people and only care about themselves and don't think that they need any help, those people, they're not going to make it in. They're the goats in the room. They're the other side, the left side. And Jesus said, when you feed me, you, you, when you feed them, you feed me. When you care for them, you care for me. When you let a stranger in your house, you're letting me in. And they said, hey, we've never seen you, Jesus. We've never fed you, Jesus. And here's what I notice about the sheep crowd, okay? The sheep crowd, uh, they weren't looking to be noticed. They were just looking to serve. They weren't looking to be noticed by God. They were just looking to make a difference. In fact, that's why they say, hey, we've never seen you running around naked, Jesus. <laughs> we've never seen you in prison, man. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, you know, we didn't do that. Now, we, we, we closed some other people. We visited some other people in prison. And Jesus is trying to get a point across to, the, to, to people who are following him. You've got to picture what's happening right now. All of his disciples are around. People are around, everybody's trying to learn what Jesus is about and he's saying right here, I'm about making a difference in the lives of people. I wanna make a difference in the lives of people. Notice that all the things Jesus pointed out, uh, they had to do with like the physical and relational needs of people, right? Had to do with the physical needs. And if you go through scripture, a lot of times Jesus heals somebody's physical issues before he even deals with their sin issues. And I think hospitality and serving is just an open door into sharing the gospel and sharing your faith. And he's saying this is the way to do it. And see, when you choose, when you choose, write this down, when you choose uh, to care in Jesus' name, Jesus always knows this. When you choose to care for others in the name of Jesus, for the right reason, man, Jesus takes notice. He can't help but take notice. You're doing exactly what He's asked you to do. And for many people, the way to the Father's heart is through the work of your hands. And notice it didn't say that they preached or that they jumped online and shared a link to a message, although that's good. Preaching's good. Obviously, I'm doing it today. I don't think it's wrong. I do it for a living. Like, preaching is clearly good, but man. One of the easiest ways to reach somebody's heart is through the work of your hands and through reaching them and meeting their needs. And I want to challenge you today. Are you aware of the needs of the people around you? It takes the right heart, I think, to serve. I think think the right heart makes serving all the better and all that more enjoyable. And and I've, I've, throughout ministry, just challenged different people, on how to serve. And I, I've gone to this quote time and time, time and time again from Dr. King, and I'm gonna put it up here right, right quick. Everybody can be great because anybody can serve. You don't have to be a college degree. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You only need a heart full of grace and a soul generated by love. That's good news to uneducated people like me. That's good news to people who, who may not get all the X's and O's right. But man, like I, I've been changed by Jesus. And let me tell you what, if your heart has been changed by Jesus, you no doubt have a desire to see other people take that gift too. And take that chance and take that decision and make that decision. Now let's go to the goats, right? Like there's two parties. There's the sheep who are meeting the needs of people. And the Lord's saying, hey, you're in a position of honor. And then you got to look at, at the goats, with the goats, there was a definitive lack of care for those around them. For those who they're in contact with every day. There's a definitive lack of care. Not just care, but really just awareness altogether. Like they're, they give the same response to Jesus. Lord, we never saw you. We never saw you do this stuff. Man, we never saw you when we were taking care of people. And that's because they never even saw the people they should have been taking care of. Both sides say, hey, we didn't see you. And with the goats, it's almost as if they're totally blind to what Jesus calls the least of these. Every day in your life, from going to the grocery store, to going to work, to even in your own house, there are people who need encouragement. Like they need need somebody to come along and show them the love of Jesus. And as for you and me, a part of the great commission that God has left in our hearts and our minds, that's our job, that's what we should be doing, that's where we should be going, and that's our mission field. How aware are you of the needs of those around you? Man, are you too big for the needs of those around you? Is your schedule so busy that you don't have time for the needs of those around you? Man, show me somebody who's too big to serve in the little things, and I'll show you somebody who's too little to handle the big things. Like we always just, we want to go right to the top. But with every tower, there's a foundation. With every tower, there's a bottom. With every building, there's a, there's a slab. There's a, there's a base layer. And that base layer is loving and meeting the needs of people around you. Psalms four eight says, taste and see that the Lord is good. In Christian culture, man, it looks weird to people who have not tasted and seen. Okay. Here's what happens when you share to people like, what you are going to do on the weekend? And you say, hey, I'm going to church. And the conversation kind of goes this way. And they, they're like, you mean you get up early and you go? Well, some of y'all get up early. Some of y'all get in here about 20 minutes after. We won't start on that, right? Like, you mean you get up early and you go? You mean you, mean you serve? Like, you, you actually take the time to stand out in a parking lot and park people in this kind of weather? Like, you, you serve? What do you mean you give? You give money to that? That is wild. That's crazy. Like, that's almost like the response that culture gives you today. Of Wow. It's almost like a commending, but man, I wouldn't do that. But that's what separates the heart of a believer who's tasted and seen that the Lord is good. When you realize how good the Lord is, you can't help but share with other people how good the Lord is. But many people in and outside of the church spend their lives watching other people serve. They are seers. They come in and they see. They see somebody sing. And they see somebody take up the offering. And they see somebody check kids in and go kids. And they see somebody park people in the parking lot. And it's not that they're not grateful. They're thankful for those people. But you miss out on what I believe is a complete blessing to those who jumped in and tasted and seen. Like they've seen and they've tasted what it means to serve and they've tasted what it means to to lead a child to Christ and to do those things. There's just another chapter for everybody and it's not just seeing the kingdom work, it's doing the kingdom work. Can I get an amen? Amen. I I really believe this, that that those who serve really get a taste for the blessed life. Like, Like it's one that we talked about giving a lot last week and giving is a big part of the blessed life. But you know what else is a part of the blessed life? Sharing. The gospel with people, changing a kid's diaper, you know, doing the games and go kids, coming up here and just serving on the safety team, like all that stuff, like you're getting to be a part of somebody's story, story. And that's incredible. So the first one we talked about was the right awareness, right? The second thing, uh, the second characteristic of a kingdom servant is this one right here. You got to have the right intent. You got to have the right intent. I want you to jump with me to John chapter two, Okay. John chapter 2, we're going to read just a couple verses, really quick abbreviated story recorded all throughout the Gospels. So it's got to be like super significant to us as a believer if it's repeated that many times. But let's look at this. John, John chapter 2, the Passover of the Jews was near and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And within the temple grounds he found those who were selling oxen, sheep, and doves and the money changers seated at their tables. And he made a whip of cords and he drove them all out of the temple area with the sheep and the oxen. And he poured out the coins of the money changers and he overturned their tables. And to those who were selling the doves, he said, take these things away from here. Stop making my father's house a place of business. Man, I grew up in the King James and it says a den of thieves, you know what I mean? Like a place of robbers. And his disciples were remembered, it was written, the zeal for his house will consume me what upset Jesus the most was not was not the temple itself it was what was being done in the temple it was the intent of the temple he wasn't upset at the decor he wasn't upset at the crowd or the lack of seating or whatever it is fill in the blank what he was upset about was the intent it had gone the opposite direction here was the house of worship. Now it's become a market. It's not anything. If you walked in there, it looked like Kroger down the street. Like it, it looks the same. And it frustrates Jesus to the point that Jesus actually goes in, sees it all, comes back out. And it says, the Bible says that he braided his own whip. Like that's when you know you're angry. Anybody, your parents ever make you get your own switch? Come on. You no, know I'm talking about like, see that bush out there, son? Pick it. You pick it. And then if you pick one too little, you know what's going to happen. You come up back with a twig. You're like, this is what I found, Dad. Yeah, hmm I'm going to find something. Like, Jesus braids a whip, and he is so angry. And that should warn us about the intent of the house. It should warn you about the intent of your heart. Do you know why I think some churches didn't survive uh, 2020 and all that was 2020? I like, they didn't come out... Um, Many churches close their doors, just being real honest with you. I think it has a lot to do with intent, okay? I think it has a lot to do, they were set up with the wrong intent. I truly believe this, that God can use anything in our lives, anything that happens for his honor and his glory. And if he can do that, he can for sure take a pandemic to clean house in his own house. And I know that God... what I love about this church is it had the right intent, but I also am in ministry and I know what other kind of churches are there, I'm not trying to knock it, but there's some churches that didn't survive because they had the wrong intent. They were inward focused. And I want you to write this down, man, an inward focused church will eventually lose touch with the needs of those around them and their focus on the great commission. When it becomes all about everyone in the house and no one outside the house, then we forget the whole point of being in the house. And the church is a sending point. It's a starting point. It's a great place to start. You start here, you learn about the Lord, you get saved, you, you come and you worship God. And every week you go back out and you witness to everybody that you, that you interact with every day through the way that you live your life. And you come back and get recharged. I love the word. I love the house. I love the church. But when the intent is wrong, the outcome is always wrong. Do you know what kind of church that you're sitting into today, man? And maybe you're new. I, want, I love to get to share stuff about this incredible church because it really is just incredible. Incredible. This is the kind of church that you're sitting into in today. Outside of our budget, okay, outside of the things that we budget already in benevolence and in missions, do you realize in the last two years we've given away over $300,000, 320000 to just the community? Isn't that Awesome. When the tornadoes came through Noonan, we did we cleaned ninety seven houses in fourteen days we removed debris from 97 houses we made hundreds of meals for first responders and people and linemen we did all sorts of stuff dropping off water like we were somebody said when I, I knew y'all I knew y'all were go church when I saw a sea of green down my street just people in green shirts everywhere just serving like what kind of house did you walk into today you walked into a house that's aware of the needs of those around them and doing their best to make a difference and that's something to be proud of can you give the Lord some praise come on We've learned as a house, you can never outgive God, whether that's through money or cups of cold water in His name. You can never outgive God, and this church has had a history for years and years, from Pastor Allen all the way up to now, of keeping the intent, the right intent. This is a kingdom-minded church. We're here to get people to know the Lord. We're here to share the gospel with them, and we're here to make a difference in our community for Jesus' name. It's called loving people to life, loving people to life in Jesus. And man, you walked into a house today. That, that is all about that. And isn't that good? Man, when you, when you make serving about the wrong thing, it's destined to fail. I'm just going to tell you, if, if you get into serving to get close to leadership or you get into serving because you feel like God just wants, you feel like you needed an attendance star in heaven that you served in kids ministry today or that you sang on the worship team, let me tell you what, it's never going to work out and it's never going to be enjoyable because you have the wrong intent to begin with. Like you've got to come in it with the mindset of, man, Jesus has changed my heart so much. I'm going to make a difference in the lives of somebody else. Jesus has done so much for me. Man, I'm going to, without the need for praise or or, or a shout out, I'm going to share my faith and I'm going to share a love of Jesus. I'm going to hold a door for somebody today. Man, it's just like the right intent. It, it matters so much. And so... The three characteristics you got to right awareness, right intent, and then here's my third one for today. You got to have the right attitude. You've got to have the right attitude, man. Attitude. I heard. I heard this. You hear this say attitude is everything. It's really not everything, but it is the biggest thing, right? Like attitude's not everything. You you can't just have a great attitude at your job and be completely incompetent, right? You got to be competent, but attitude is a huge, huge thing. It's really important. And in fact, I want you to jump with me to Matthew chapter 20. I love, listen, we're reading like 50 verses today. I love it. I love the word. Matthew chapter 20. It's a familiar story uh, for some of you. Matthew chapter 20. We're going to read... Uh, starting in verse 20, right here. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came to Jesus with her sons, bowing down and making a request of him. He said to her, what do you desire? She said to him, say that in your kingdom, these two sons of mine shall sit at one on your right and one on your left. But Jesus replied, you do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? They said to him, we are able He said to them, my cup you shall drink, but to sit at my right and on my left is not for mine to give, but it is for those whom it has been prepared by my father. And after hearing this, the other 10 disciples became indignant. They became jealous with the two brothers. They were upset. But Jesus called to them himself and said, you know what? The rulers of the Gentiles, they domineer over them. And those in high positions exercise authority over them. It is not this way among you, but whoever wants to become prominent among you shall be your servant. Verse 27. And whoever desires to be first among you shall be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom, as a ransom for many. Let's go back to this story. Recap it real quick. First of all. Big crowd again, Jesus is preaching to a crowd. He already has these disciples, but uh, James and John, man, their mom comes in and their mom pitches a bid at Jesus. She's desperate. Uh, She's like interviewing for their kids, for Jesus. Like, Jesus, let me come tell you why you need to put my sons at your right and on your left. And if you're a mom in here today and you come to a coach and you tell them why your sons need to start both games, I'm going to tell you, this is a picture of you, right? I read, first of all, if your mom is doing a job interview for you, you've already lost it in my book. Like, you just pack that up and go home. Like, there is, if your mom shows up at your interview, you need to move out of the basement, right? You just need to get out. I actually read uh, a couple uh, years back, I read a book called Marching Off the Map. It was incredible. And in this book is a snippet from a study that Condoleezza Rice did around 2016 of millennials. And it said that 15% of millennials, 15, 15% of millennials brought their mom to their job interview. <laughs> Like I was like, man, that is embarrassing. Okay, my mom, my mom, she passed away a couple years ago. But uh, and my mom, not only was she a saint, but my mom was a hoot. There was now you could not bring my mom around. She had no filter. Like she would just say it. I remember I brought a girl home one time, and I was uh, I was like, we played a joke that we were going to get married, playing around. My mama looked right at that girl. She said, "You ain't the one for my son, buddy." Let me tell you what. That relationship it just went like that. I mean, we made it another week. That was it. You know, but Jesus, uh, he says, he responds to them, you know, you want to really be like me? You really want to sit in my right, you want to really get close to me right now? Then you need to serve. You need to serve because that's why I came. I didn't come to seek the attention. I didn't come to seek all this stuff. I came to serve. I came as a man on a mission. And you see this in Jesus throughout uh, the New Testament. I mean, even when he comes in on Palm Sunday and everybody's worshiping and he's not on some big white horse with a big crowd. He's on a donkey, on a little donkey too on top of that. Like he just rides a little donkey into town. And man, like every time people had this expectation of this glamorous king, he does the opposite. And he gets down on his hands and knees and he serves. And he walks in the middle of people who are sick and he heals them. And he's not scared to get dirty for the kingdom. He has the right attitude. You know, serving, I think serving really is a measure of greatness. It really is. It, it, it always has and always will be. Not just in the church, but like in the, in the leadership world. You think back to some of the best bosses you've ever had some of the best people who've ever served our country, some of the best people who've ever been a teacher in your life, they've served you. They've gone above and beyond. What made them stand out is the heart in which they did it, the attitude in which they treated you, the way in which they handled the task at hand. And I can't help but think the same things apply to us in the kingdom. The same things matter to us in the kingdom. Serving is an absolute part to me of being a believer because Jesus says, hey, go and make disciples. You can't go and make disciples without getting out and going and stepping out of your comfort zone and stepping off of the couch into the land called uncomfortable and getting up there and do it. And I want to challenge somebody today. If you've not taken that step, today is your chance. Man, we got culture, man, it's so full of this. We have people who want position but they don't have the posture of a servant like like they want they want a job they want a management position but they've never even dropped some fries in the fry machine like like they want a title but don't give them a towel like they want to be they want to be the one in charge the manager but they've never picked up a mop and let me tell you what I know some people that will shout in one service but won't serve in the next come on and I don't I don't think that that's the kind of believer I don't think that's the kind of Christian that God really wants us to be One who's all about worship, but never about sharing the gift that God put in our heart and in our mind. Like the Lord is an equipper, and he's equipped some of you with a gift and a talent uh, to do all sorts of things. Maybe you're a craftsman in the house. Man, I'll tell you what, you need to connect with Pastor Chad or even the Go Director uh, at your campus in Germantown, man. You need to get out there and serve. we got projects for days we got stuff that you can get involved and do. Maybe, maybe you're just really good at hosting. Man, we need some people who are just good uh, at making people feel comfortable. Like just That can serve on our guest experience team and just welcome people in. Man, Because there's nothing harder than going to a church for the first time and getting in there and feeling like you don't know anybody and this is weird. And I'm just going to sit on the back row today and I'm going to jet out. Jesus is saying if you really want to be the greatest, you have to be the farthest from the title that you can be you got to have an attitude of, I'm going to get in there and serve the least of these. But man, the attitude is the problem in this scene too. Not only does the boy's mom think that they deserve it, the boys think that they can handle it, but the other disciples are jealous, right? Verse 24 says, and after hearing this, the ten disciples became indignant with the two brothers. Like they, they were mad, they were upset, they were jealous that they would even get an opportunity. They were jealous that their mom showed up and pitched it to them. Like, where's my mama at? Like, they're just jealous, and man, jealousy will destroy every part of your heart and your soul if you'll let it. Disciples were jealous, and their heart was in the right place. I think about it this way, okay? If if you came to my house, okay, we've got these, like, gray plastic cups. They're kind of, they're just cheap cups. We just kind of, we got kids, okay, they throw cups, so we don't give them glass cups. All right? We got, somebody's laughing because they take care of my kids. They know my kids throw cups. But we got these, like, gray cups, and... Look at on the outside, they look identical. They look the same. But if I was to put dirt in one and water in one and put water on that dirt and I made muddy water in one and clear water in the other one and I slid those across the table to you, you would take one look at the cups on the outside and be like, oh, look, it's two cups of water. But when you looked on the inside, you'd realize that they were full of just mud and mess and dirt and nastiness. And there's not enough $10 bills to get you to drink that muddy water. Well, maybe some of you, there's enough $10, but there's not enough money out there for me to want I'm going to pick the clean water every time. I'm going to want to experience that water through a clean, pure cup. And let me tell you what an attitude will do. You may look like a believer, act like a believer. You may serve at the same door, but if you have the wrong heart and the wrong attitude, you will spoil that cup the moment that it gets poured out. And I can't help but think like God is really concerned with our holiness. He's really concerned with our heart and our attitude because attitude is a big part of holiness, right? Like I grew up in a, in, in a really Pentecostal church in the community and I thought holiness was you don't wear a wedding ring and you can't go swimming with girls. That's what I thought holiness was, right? <laughs> mixed bathing. We didn't even call it swimming. We called it mixed bathing. And uh, I, no one ever had soap. That's what I didn't understand about it. But anyways, like you get the mind that that is, but holiness is very much a part of your attitude. Let me tell you what, because... <laughs> You can shout all you want, but if you're mean and hateful, all that praise goes right back down to you. It don't go where it needs to go. The heart, the intent of the heart is absolutely, it's absolutely critical. And on the outside, you can look like everyone else. But on the inside, man, please don't, be, please don't pollute the act of serving with a bad attitude, Okay. Please don't jump in and serve with a bad attitude. I know a lot of people have good intentions, but with a bad attitude. And they've had good intentions, bad attitude, and I've literally watched the doors that God should open for them stay shut. Because they can't get along. Because they're hard to get along with people. They've got a bad attitude. They've got the wrong intent. And I've watched doors shut like that. They have the talent, but they don't have the right attitude. I'm telling you today, if you want to build a better person in who you are sure you can lose weight sure you can do all that stuff but man start with your heart and you'll see a huge difference in the lives of those around you here's the biggest kicker of it all above your reputation and above your comfort level is the reputation of the kingdom and so when you go out and you serve and go church's name in the kingdom's name, it's important to be loving, kind, and gracious because you may be the first Jesus that anyone ever sees. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to give Jesus a bad name. In fact, write this down. Like, don't let the reputation of Jesus and the cross end with your poor attitude. Like, Don't, don't let it do it. I know we have bad days. Look, I know the days are hard. I have three kids three and under right now. Like, I, I get it. Like, it's, life's hard. But we have to remember that the kingdom reputation is at stake. You're the only people, you're the only Jesus that some people may see. And the jealous hearts of the disciples in this moment, it points to a clear fact that their heart is still so far from where it needs to be with the Lord. Like they, they are literally right on top of Jesus 24-7. And they're jealous and they're mad and they're all about title. And they're missing the whole point that Jesus is all about the towel. And they've been with Jesus for a long time now. And I can't help but wonder how many of us, we've been so close to things called church and so close to the holy things and so close to Jesus. And we hear about Jesus and we have a relationship with Jesus, but our heart is not connected to the heart of the Father. We're not aware of the things that Jesus is aware of. We're not trying to be intentional with the things that we do. At this point in the journey, many of them were hoping to ride this fame train of Jesus all the way to the top. They knew he was the Messiah and they were like, if we can get close to him, that's why they want to sit on his right and on his left, because every mama likes to brag about their kids' title, right? Like every mama likes to brag and that's okay. But if you all about the title and never about the towel, you'll miss out on every opportunity to get a title. It's just what I feel. I don't know about you, but the last thing I want is the reputation of Jesus and the kingdom to hinge on my bad attitude. We say this often here, and um, we say this a lot, and that's just that serving is our highest honor. When you go through MoveTrack, you hear that. You hear people say that. You hear it in the huddles at your individual campuses. You hear, like, serving is the highest honor that we have, and that's so true. Because you get to share exactly what I've talked about all day, what Jesus has done for you with the lives of people. Serving in a church has to be, to me, one of the best front row seats of change. I've always wanted to do one of those extreme home makeover jobs. Like I wanted to be one of the people working on it because I want to see, I've built houses before. That was like a small chapter of my life. And I know how long it takes to build a house. And you're like redoing this whole house in three days. Let me see the kind of work up in here. Like I want to, I want to be a part of that, but I also want to be a part of it because you see this wild change, right? Like that's why we get that DIY spirit in us and we remodel our bathroom. We do all this stuff because we like, man, we like to see change, man. We like to see that stuff. And to me, that's okay. Serving is the best front row seat you can get at change. If you want to see change in the lives of other people, man, start serving in this house. Start leading the little kid small group during the gathering. Man, start opening the door to somebody who's having a bad day and just welcome them on in. Stop at our next steps counter and encourage people. Man, get to work our next steps counter and encourage people to take their next step in faith. To sign up to get baptized. To sign up for Track, To give their heart to the Lord. I mean, these are front row seats. And what God is doing in the kingdom, and you get to sit right there. And here's what I love about serving, man, is there's opportunities for you to serve all throughout the week, right? All over the place on Sunday. Maybe you're in here and you're saying, I, I, I just get to church. Like, I don't have time to serve, so this message is clearly not for me. Good for you. We've got things that you can serve and sit at the same time. It's called production and safety. Like, there's opportunities, a plethora of opportunities, and, Mike is going to make his way out. I'm I'm going to close with this. I think serving unlocks this level of appreciation for the things that people are dealing with around you. I think, man, when you're down here praying and you've had a hard day and you almost don't even want to serve, but you come down here and somebody comes down with you and you get a chance to pray and believe with faith, it ignites your own faith. Man, it just does something in your heart. Prayer does something in your heart and in your mind. Let me tell you about a few people who made a difference in my life, okay? Really rural county. Really rural church. I grew up, uh, there were 10 people in my youth group. We didn't have a youth pastor. Okay, we had a Sunday school teacher named Faye Hicks. She was at her time, mid-60s. She's, I believe, still alive today, early 80s. And uh, she would come in there and she would, first of all, she would put up with me, which she needs uh, 10 crowns in heaven for. But she would come in and she would, every morning, just prepare a lesson. And she would give us Wisdom. And here we are, 10, 11, 12 years old, 13, 14. And here's this woman who could easily be our grandma who was guiding and directing us along the way. And then, man, on Wednesday night, we didn't have a youth room. You know what we had? We had a Yamaha keyboard that wasn't even full, it was like this big. And we had Jamie and Amanda Gherkin. And every day they would come in, every week, and they would prepare a heart, and, and they would sing, and they would preach. And they would share their heart. And then they'd, they'd go through lock-ins with us. We, they would stay up all night while we just destroyed the church. They would take us on all these trips. And I, I'll never forget going on some of the trips that we went on. And just, they would get to watch us just be slain in the power of the Holy Spirit. Crying out to God at 13, 14 years old. God, use me in a way you've never done it. Just crying out. Like they got front row seated at that. And they didn't know at the time the kind of people that they were building. They didn't know when they shared that Bible story that they stayed up late the night before to write or they felt, like no, they felt like they sang so bad but they worshiped anyways. They didn't realize what they were doing in the life of a scrawny young man. They were building a father and they were building a husband and they were building a preacher. And I have no doubt in my mind today that I would not be here in this moment had it not been for them. Had it not been for them looking at me and telling me, even when I, listen, I was wild, but I had a calling and they could see past it. And Faye Hicks would tell me, son, you need to get your heart right. There's too much in store for you. You need to get your heart right. You need to quit drinking with them boys. Like she just knew, like old church mothers, they got the sixth sense. They know what you've done wrong. You might as well just tell them. Where would you be today if it wasn't for a Faye Hicks? Hicks or the people that served you along the way, where would you be? Would you even be in the house today? Would you, maybe some of you, this is your second time back and you were served so well the first time, you couldn't help but come back the second time. Here's what I know about, we say this all the time too, man, this is true. Everyone always has a next step. Everyone in here, whether you are a charter member of this church or you just got here today, you all have a next step. We all have something that God is pushing us towards doing more and more. Because as long as there's breath in my lungs, he's not done. Can I get an amen? And so if he's going to fill my lungs with breath, I'm going to give him my hands and my feet. I'm going to give him some of my time. If God's going to bless me with a family and an incredible wife and, and a chance to go, I'm going to Alaska this week. Wow, like I'm going to preach in Alaska this week in February. I don't know whose idea that was, but I'm going. I'm going, you know why, man? Because I'm I'm blessed, and I'm blessed, and I'm so blessed that I can't help but just give the Lord honor and praise. I can't help but want to serve. Like, I want other people to experience the things that I've experienced in my life. So everyone has a next step. So here's what I'm going to give you some next steps today. Okay, you ready? Young or old, new to go church, or been here forever, there's an opportunity for you to serve. In the hall, you probably saw it on the way in today, there's this wall with X's and O's here at our South Metro Atlanta campus in front of that's a table and those are not all the areas you can serve but those are five key areas we desperately need help in and we need help we need help and we need you to get involved in we need you to take a chance and step out and get in the game and serve you've heard all these different things it'd be a shame to get all the way to the end of this whole thing and not at least try to do something for the kingdom there's an opportunity to serve and go kids We've had over 150 kids give their heart to the Lord in the past year. Isn't that awesome? And it came, it, 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 listen, it came, come on, give the Lord some praise. That's awesome. It came through the volunteers that lead and teach. Isn't that awesome? Man, there's, there's opportunities to serve on our safety team. There's opportunities to serve in our care ministry. Maybe you just like to cook. Man, you can cook and help with some meal trains that we have, man, we've got incredible opportunities. All of them are out there. And I want to encourage you today when you leave, make a beeline for that side and grab a card. And maybe you're in, man, you're, you're in Germantown. I want to let you know, stop by the next steps counter. Don't, don't just walk out of the movie theater today and not take a next step everybody's got a next step. Everybody's got something for us to do. And you know what? I pray today, right now, I felt this in my heart when I was praying this morning, that this year would be a crowning year for our Germantown Go Kids ministry that God would give you everything that you need. And I declare that God is gonna bring into the house families and children and workers and funds and everything that you need to reach children. I pray that this would be the best year that Go Kids has ever seen in Jesus' name. Can I get an amen from somebody here in Atlanta? Like in Jesus' name, let it happen. And I believe God's gonna do it with the people that are in the house today. You're a part of the next step. Jesus is the best example of serving that we could ever have because he's the epitome of sacrifice. And so as I close today, man, what's the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart? What next step? Maybe you don't serve today. Maybe you need to drop by the counter. Maybe you used to serve before the pandemic. You kind of got a break and you just haven't come back. Man, what a great time to do it. What a great chance. But let me tell you what, if, you've, if you're in here and you've never accepted Jesus as your personal Savior. Let me tell you about the best way Jesus ever served you. He did so by giving his life for you. No one else has ever given their life so that you could have eternal life, but Jesus has. In fact, Jesus, he said, I didn't come to serve, but to be, to, to serve you and to serve other people. You know how he did that? Not just through healing people, but he died on the cross for my sins. Long before you ever got in this moment, Jesus knew you needed a Savior and he died on the cross for your sins. And today you can have eternal life if you just accept Jesus as your personal Savior, as your Lord and Savior today. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, no one looking around. Maybe you're in here and you can say, Pastor Ben, that's me. I... I've heard you talk about the difference that Jesus made in all these people's lives, but I can honestly sit here and say that I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I don't, but today I want to make Jesus my Lord and Savior. Today I want to accept Jesus Christ into my heart. If that's you today and you're ready to make that decision, I just want you to lift your hand. I want to pray over you. And here in in Germantown. Thank you. Maybe you're in here and you could say, Pastor Ben, look, I... I'm going to take a brave step today, and I'm going to step out and serve my community. I'm going to serve this church. I'm going to do something different. I feel challenged today, but I need a little bit of encouragement. I just need a little bit to help me with that next step. If that's you and you just need a little little strength in your week this week, I want you to lift your hand up. I want to pray over you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you in Germantown. Lord, right now, I just pray that you would just equip all of us, God to serve you with all the talents, all the things that we have in such a raw and real way. God, let us get in the game today. Let today be a mark. God, February 13th, right now, on the Super Bowl Sunday, is the day that we go all in with Team Jesus. It's the day that we go all in with what you have. And Lord, I pray that as these people step out and serve, and those who already serve, Lord, I pray that you would bless them, that you comfort them, that you give them blessing on their household and remind them, God, of the of the difference they're making in the lives of people around them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, could you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Come on, he's good.